I just heard the most gorgeous name. Therenay now. How beautiful <laughs> is that? And the meaning and everything. How are you doing today? I am extremely well. I think when you stay in Cape Town, you are well most of the time. You spoiled brat, <laughs> you mean. A spoiled brat. Us, us in Gauteng, you know, we've got to have be um, spiritually mature and everything. We're not allowed to be jealous, but when nobody's looking and just between us and God, we have to be serious with ourselves and honest. We just say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Where in the Cape? Where do you stay? I stay in Durbanville. So what's perfect about that is 20 minutes to the winelands and 20 minutes to the sea. Okay. I am fine. Fortunate. <laughs> Let's do that name of yours because a name like yours, I love the meanings of names. Tell me what your yes. name means. So my name is Therene, um, and it's actually I got it from my father who was Theodore. So I always focused on that part, the Theo part, which means gift of God, um, which of course was an amazing revelation for me and then made a lot of sense because I always had self-worth issues. Um, I always thought I wasn't good enough. And then to figure out that my name means that I'm a gift and I realized, you know, a gift is always good enough, no yes. matter what gift, a gift is always good. And then this year I actually had a another woman um, uh, that does prophecies of names and she focused on the Renee part. And that means, um, yeah, that means star and bringer of light. But you see, put the two together and you're a gift of light to people around oh, wow. you. I mean, oh, wow. obviously, it's not just any kind of gift. And although all gifts, most gifts are welcome, a gift of light brings revelation and it brings clarity and all that kind of mm. stuff. What a gorgeous name. So every time someone speaks to you and says, my darling Therene, <laughs> they're mm. saying that, that you're a gift of light to people around oh, wow. you. Oh, well, and then yeah. you can sing as well. But before we get to that, we've got to get to your story because – um, yes. And even before we get to your story, if you had to introduce yourself to someone who's never met you before, but it's not the bio introduction, the one where you mm. just yourself at home without shoes, who is Therene there? I would definitely say I am living proof that God does miracles. And I am definitely first and foremost madly in love with my husband and I've got four beautiful children um, girls that's actually not children anymore they're almost grown up or four. they're all grown up four yeah four One, girls two, three. four girls, four girls. Yeah. plus you your husband must be a strong man <laughs> he is whenever I felt sorry for myself I realized he had to cope with all of us shame <laughs> yeah yeah and personality wise definitely an extrovert um, I love people and I definitely get energized by them. Ah, oh, okay. The music, mm. where does that come from? Yeah, my father was very, very talented. He never read any music, but he played every instrument. When he touched something, he played it. He played recorder and he played um, uh, organ. He actually played the organ very well. Yeah. All by ear. Uh, I, all by ear. And that was actually my struggle when I started with music. I always wanted to hear the music before I wanted to play it because I was lazy because I had that thing. But in the end, I had to study music properly and, and you know, get to know the notes so that you can write your own music. Um, and, yeah, I think I was born with that. I remember I was a little girl. I was four years old. And my sister, we used to have tape recorders 
you remember you had yes. to push the, push the play and the record together. And she used to record me on a TDK tape. Um, and then I used to sing. She the first song she ever recorded me singing was Yankee from from Sonia, I think Sonia Harold. Harold. So yeah, she sang that song. Yeah, but you do have a voice like Sonia Harold. It was the first thing that I noticed was you got this pure angelic voice going that you can sing even the highest notes and everything. I wouldn't be surprised that you started out with that song. Um, but there yeah. is something that you just said that I think is quite important. This thing that that there aren't shortcuts, spiritual shortcuts either. I yeah. mean, even though God has given one a mandate and even an anointing, that there mm-hmm. is a there is a whole aspect of discipline and of walking the the tough road, the the suffer road to get to a place where what He's put in you can actually bloom. Definitely, talent only takes you so far. Of course, then my story was that I never the lie I believed. Literally, I think up till two years ago, still was that I couldn't sing. Um, I I really believed it. I thought I was just, you know, I just, I can I can keep the notes. And it's funny when you eventually walk into that place of where God has given you a mandate, something in your mind changes because now it's not about whether I can sing or not. It's about the fact that He's placed a message in my heart through song that I need to get out because otherwise I am going to be disobedient. Mm. Um, I had a very interesting um, discussion with, with my vocal coach and she said to me, what if these songs wasn't just for you? Because all the songs that I've written, I've written out of, um, through a process. And most of the time you write actually out of hurt um, or out of a new revelation. And to me it was, I wanted to keep it private and it was between me and God. And then God actually said to me one day, but what if I gave that to you so that other people can get healing? Most of what he gives to us is for the body and for kingdom. It's never just for ourselves. But exactly. I do, I do wonder about just the thing. Music itself is such a key. It's such a doorway to his heart. I mean, it's something he created from scratch. Just the mm-hmm. thought that at some point, Outside of time, there wasn't a thing such as a note or a sound exactly. like that. And, and he'd created it out of nothing. And then he, he, he puts that thing into you, Therene. Mm. He puts it into you mm-hmm. and says, create something that we can enjoy together. It must be something really precious between you and God. It really is. I always say, I believe, um, you know, the love languages that's gifts and words of affirmation. Or I believe God's love language is worship. <laughs> I think it really does put a smile on his face. Yeah, even if you can't hold a note like you can. But now mm-hmm. I'm wondering, so how did he convince you then? How did, how did he actually move you? Because it's a big step and it's a vulnerable, risky step to, yes. from, from a nice cushy private place to the public Mm -hmm. and you're open to criticism and all of that exactly how did he move you how did he convince you i think it came out of a place where when i put the songs together all the songs i wrote chronologically and um and then i saw there was a golden thread through all of the songs and that golden thread was identity And I, during lockdown, had this um, encounter with God where I realized how many women struggle with identity. 
and that that is one of what I believe is one of Satan's biggest schemes to steal from us mm -hmm. and to keep us from walking in our purpose. And I think when that revelation came, I realized, you know what, it's not about me anymore. And what God has given me and the healing he's given me in so many areas of my life and in identity, um, I couldn't keep it to myself anymore. Well, let's talk about it a bit. I mean, that lie is actually in one little sentence. It says, you are not good enough. Doesn't matter what you That's do, right. you're not good enough. Doesn't matter mm -hmm. how pretty you are, you're not pretty mm -hmm. enough. You're not slim yeah. enough. You're not mm -hmm. aggressive enough or ambitious enough. You're never good enough. And it doesn't only mm -hmm. work on women. It works on men too. It's like the universal one that works with all. But if you had yes. to try and define it now, if you say women have got a problem with identity, like with, with what exactly? I think we look to media, social media, we look to our friends, even our good friends, instead of looking to God when we want to figure out who we are. Mm. I believe that when our identity is solidly rooted in Christ, that is the only way that nothing can shake you because whatever you value the most has the power to break you. Yeah. So, I would rather be broken in inverted commas by God than be broken by life situations, friendships, even our husbands and our children, because life happens um, and there's a lot of hurt going around. And if you are so, um, I went through a divorce and I think what I learned through that was my identity was actually so built into what my husband then thought of me that I was completely broken after the divorce and I had to go and revisit my identity. I had to go and revisit who am I when I'm not his wife. And then I realized that goes the same for everything actually. Who am I when I'm not a mother or when I'm not an artist or, or a wife, you know? You need to get to that place where being the daughter of the king is all that it's about for you. And that is enough. Okay, but I hear what you're saying. Find your identity in Christ. In other words, his opinion is the strongest in your life. He's, he's the one who defines you, that you're his sister, that you're his lover, that, mm -hmm. that God the Father is your father. That, that is finding your identity in him. But I'm trying to ask. So maybe I already realized that if I wasn't a radio presenter, I would be mm -hmm. nothing. I'd feel identityless if, you know, whatever your uh, vocation mm. is, whatever it is that you, m maybe being a mother is, is the only thing that gives you meaning at this mm. stage. And if mm. that were to be taken away from you, you'd be lost and you know it. Mm. How do I change now from finding my identity in what I do and what gives me meaning right now? How do I even change that to an invisible God? who is on a spiritual plane and I'm in a physical world, mm. you know, how do you move your inside to get where you, what you're talking about? I think it's got a lot to do with the relationship, uh, having a, a relationship with God, because I think often um, we get stuck in religion and tick boxes. Um, and I think that's also something that COVID really brought to life or in, into, into the light for me also is how important it is to have a relationship with God. And that means spending time with him. That means having a journal, um, 
spending time in his word because it's different when the word changes you than when someone changes you. You know, when, when my husband tells me, ah, you know, I think you're a bit, um, you're a bit feisty this morning. I, it's different when I read it in the word and the word changes me. Because the word is a supernatural book. It's more than just the words from someone else. It's actually on a spiritual plane that can actually, and it says that it makes us new. We are renewed in the mind. Yes. Um, And that's, and that was my, my second actually thing I wanted to say with, when, when you get to that place where you have a relationship and you spend time in the word, I think the most powerful thing is our mind, that renewing of the mind. I'm telling you that (laughs) is a daily thing. The thing is, you know what, Renee, when, when you're broken and you've lost hope, when life has got you just splattered against the floor and you have no hope of getting up there, it's mm. sometimes when, when you say, yes, but Janine, now you've got to get into the word and now you've got to grit your teeth and work on this relationship with God and maybe then you'll have a breakthrough. And I feel I just don't have it inside me. I know there mm. are ladies like that out there. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe think- you're going to a conference, you are the guest artist mm. there and this lady sitting right in front of you and a friend dragged her there. She didn't even want to come herself. Mm. How do we give hope to someone like that? I think give them permission and let them know that it's okay to even feel like that. It's okay to, it's okay to speak to God and be honest and say, you know what? I don't even have the capacity to be in front of you. Yeah. I'm that broken. And I think, um, I actually wrote a song about that too, about that verse in Romans that says, um, swaar krijg kweek volharding en volharding geloof en geloof hoop. And then it goes on and on and on. Eventually it gets to character. And I've been in at, at, at wrestling places with God where I would tell him, you know what? Honestly, I, I, I think I've got enough character now. I don't need anymore. <laughs> don't believe in me um, so much. <laughs> No, no, I think my character is good. And then um, I, I read that verse in the Amplified Bible that um, from Joyce Meyer. And character, in, in, in brackets after character, it said, um, approved faith and tested integrity. Mm. And then I realized, you know what, there's a reason why we go from mountaintop sometimes to the valley, because let's be honest, the closest I've ever been. To God was when I was in a valley. It's sad that it's true, isn't it? I mean, yeah. <laughs> the moment we have relief and now we've got enough money in the bank account and our marriage is an yeah. okay place and the kids are fine yeah. at school, it's like we relax and we stop talking to God. I don't know why yeah. that happens. It's like, what yeah. a stupid default. It is a stupid default, but <laughs> at least we can say it to each other. We're saying what everybody's thinking. <laughs> really? No, why don't we learn until we get there? Um, we, were, we were always talking about, you know, when, when we got saved, especially in the charismatic church, you get, it, it's like it's, it's sold to you. Everything is now going to yes. be nice and rosy and just peachy because God yeah. makes everything work out for good. Then no, we use our Romans not verse true. for those who love Jesus. And that means everything is going to be positive. You're going to get the job and you're going to get the money and the car and the plane and all of that. Yeah. And then when life happens, people are so disillusioned in God because yes. Christians sold them this lie. Mm, that is true. I, that, that is a lie. Never ever has, does the word of God say that. I do believe, though, that 
going through anything with him is much better than going through anything without him. That's for sure. I do want to ask you, though, when you went through all the stuff that you've gone through in your life, which affected identity and self-worth and all Mm -hmm. of that thing, when you're really, really low, how did you still trust God? I mean, how did that thing stay when, when circumstances around you literally slammed you to the floor? Why did you why did you stay trusting God? I think there I am I really do have that childlike faith. I have never questioned because I've got a quiver of testimonies of how every time something has went wrong, he has come through in the end. Mm. Um so it's a reminder that I had to give myself, but I'm very um I'm a naive believer since I was a little girl. I was just, I think I um, I gave my heart officially to Jesus when I was 14 years old and I was sold out. All I wanted to do was to do the right thing to please him. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's very precious. I've never actually even went into rebellion. Um, like I, I, I was very close to my dad and he passed away about five years ago, but I know you need to go through the process, but I never was angry with God because I knew it was part of the bigger picture. Sure. Um, I knew it was time. So, And I think their people are just different. Um, often people go to anger first. I go to just sobbing on God's shoulder because I know that's my safe place. <laughs> it's, just, it's just that sometimes people feel... Especially when you never rebelled, you know, that I deserve yeah. to be happy. Is that so much yes. to ask? I deserve to be happy. And now, and now God comes and he doesn't protect you from this roaring lion that just wants to devour you. Um, yes. So I, I love how you do. You, you know what I'm thinking about now? You know, when Jesus was preaching and he was saying that you need to drink my blood and you need to eat my body. And everyone was so offended yes. and they left him. And he asked his disciples, so you're, you're going to leave me now too? Because it was out of offense yeah. that people left him. And yes. they said, where must we turn to? You're the only one yeah. with the words of life. Imagine exactly. turning away from God and then having to pick up your life on your own after all of that. No. No. <laughs> Not, an, Not option. an option. Not an option. <laughs> God, no. <laughs> no. Okay, tell me about the song, Snui Maitot Lifter. That's pruning me down, pruning me to love. That's not an easy yes. song to sing. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, when I wrote that song, I actually wrote it in English first. It was called Reduce Me to Love. Sure. Um, and what happened was um, at that stage I was going through a divorce and I was, as I say, um, sometimes I just believe very naively. But I was convinced that if I do this study of this one Corinthians 13, then everything's going to turn around, mm-hmm. um, which it didn't. But I've got some character, <laughs> some character building that went through it. Um, and in my study of this one Corinthians 13, there was a piece um, at that stage, I was very much into my, my amplified Bible. And as I say, Joyce Meyer has these parts in between. And she said here, um, she said, give Satan a nervous breakdown, become radical in your love walk by joining me as I often pray and say, Lord, reduce me to love. Mm. And the words was just 
I, 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 I just started writing Reduce Me to Love, and I knew this had to be a song. But the funny thing is, I wrote it in English, but I never, it never worked. And then during lockdown, um, my vocal coach said to me, why don't you change it? Why don't you translate it to Afrikaans? And the weirdest thing happened when I, when I sat in front of my piano and I sang it in my mother tongue, something inside of me broke. Mm. Um, and I realized that at that stage, I wasn't honest with God, really, because I was, you know, praying to him, reduce me to love. But what I was actually saying in my subconscious is change me so that my husband can love me again. Yeah. And that made me so sad when I realized that because God wants to change us to be more like him. Not so that we can fit into someone else's box or not so not so that someone else and love us more. Um, yeah, that was a huge revelation for me. That, um, and I often say that to my girls too, or when I speak to men or women, we cannot expect people to change for us. When you change, you should change out of a relationship for God and allow Him to change you to be more like Him. Okay, we're going to listen to the song. Just before we do, if people want to contact you, if they want to make a connection with your ministry, where do they go to? They can contact me on 082-612-1973. Socials? Yes, Therene Nell, T-H-E-R-E-N-E, Nell with one L. I am on Facebook and I'm on Instagram. And then you can also drop me an email on therene.nell at gmail.com.